What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're joined here uh, on FAIRS Radio Row uh, by Congressman Steve King. It's a pleasure to have you on. I, I've wanted to have you on my show for a long time. We tried to grab you uh, a couple of summers ago at the RNC, but you, you know, you're one of those guys that everybody's trying to get a few minutes with. Well, thanks for the compliment on that, I think. And, uh, but I'm sorry I missed you when I was uh, in your home state. And uh, that was just quite an interesting, uh, in Cleveland, and that, the convention that was there. Uh, we had a lot to do. Yeah. But now we're here at Hold Their Feet to the Fire, and I'm glad you're here and sending this message back to Ohio. I know immigration is one of the issues that you care most about, and we were talking before we went on the air. Uh, there are a lot of uh, angel families here, families who have had a loved one killed or, or have lost a loved one uh, as the result of some sort of action by an illegal immigrant. And, uh, and, and I can tell how uh, seeing one of these angel family uh, parents uh, really touched you and, and, and how many of them that you personally know and have, have talked with uh, as part of uh, as part of your 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 uh, policy movements on on immigration, uh, Scott, this has broken my heart for years, and it goes back to um, uh, sitting at the, on the immigration hearings um, back. I, I mean, this is my 16th year in Congress, so it'd be 16 years ago, and they would have bring witnesses forward to testify how many people died in the Arizona desert trying to sneak into America, and I kept hearing that testimony week by week, and I thought, what's the other side of this equation? Because I've known people who were killed by illegals. And so I began asking the question, all right, you told me how many people died in the Arizona desert trying to sneak into America. Now can you tell me how many Americans die at the hands who actually, of those who actually got into America? And, and I'm guessing that number wasn't a statistic until you started to ask for it. <laughs> You're, you are exactly right, and it even wasn't a statistic then. But I would go down the line, they'd say, I don't know, I don't know. After several times of that, the end witness uh, was Michael Cutler from New York, a former INS agent. And this was shortly after September 11th, 2001, I might remind you. And uh, so when it got to him, he said, and I asked him the question, how many Americans died at the hands of those who did make it across the desert into America? And he looked at me and he said, I can't tell you the answer to that, Congressman, but I can tell you it will be in multiples of the victims of September 11th. That statement hit hard, and it rang clear to me, and it rang true. So I commissioned a GAO study to draw to, to draw those numbers together. Government being government, we couldn't compare apples to apples, but right. we came up with this. 28% of the inmates in federal penitentiaries were criminal aliens. 28%. And uh, they're supposed to be less than 3% of the population even today. Then I did another study in 2011. The number dropped to 24. Then we just got one back a month ago, the third study I've asked for, and it dropped down to 21%. But Barack Obama let out tens of thousands of criminals without any kind of denomination on them as to whether they were criminal aliens or not. We don't have those numbers sorted out yet. In any case, um, you know, it's conceivable that 28% of the murders are criminal aliens, or 24 or 21%, depending on when you want to pick the snapshot. And then we look across the countryside. That's, that's, that's the federal cases. Then on local government, we don't have the data. Yeah, because nobody wants to collect it. Nobody wants to know that number. They won't, they won't tell you. 
And I think of uh, two constituents who were killed on a gravel road in northwest Iowa. I called the county sheriff and said, I saw the name of the perpetrator who lived, by the way. Seems like they always survive the accidents when they when they kill people. And uh, I said, that name sounds to me, and knowing the timing in the neighborhood, like he's an illegal in there working in one of the farming operations. And he said, well, we try to just not bring that up. We're not dealing with immigration. Well, Congressman, a lot of people would also say, say it sounds like you're profiling. Well, they'll say that all right. And I say... Good, because you, you can't be, you couldn't, you could not function in law enforcement if you didn't profile. And, uh, and the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee, where I've sat for 16 years, they constantly say that profiling is illegal. And I have to interrupt them and say there's no law against profiling. And if you couldn't say that somebody robbed a bank and they were, what if they're a 6'6 albino Norwegian with blonde hair and blue eyes driving a Pinto with their head sticking out of the top? Yeah, maybe. That, first of all, that's a dumb criminal. <laughs> you, you don't want to stand out like that, sure. <laughs> but that's profiling, isn't it? And, and uh, so you have to be able to profile. You have to be able to describe what they're driving, what they're wearing, what they look like. And uh, they're saying, but if they're a minority, you can't do that because they have a special protected status, like they're an endangered species or something. Well, I'd be happy if the endangered species in America were illegal aliens. I'd be happy if there were none of them in this country at all. That's my level of tolerance for illegal immigration into America, Scott. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, Congressman. You're the first person since we've been here to to really uh, put a personal touch on what we're talking about and the, the personal stories, the, the people who are affected by Crimes committed by by illegals. Uh, we can talk about the numbers and the the economic impact. Uh, we were sharing some numbers just from Ohio earlier today. One hundred seven thousand illegal a- uh, aliens in the state, and, and what it's costing per U.S. citizen in the state of Ohio. And those are those are economic numbers that that affect our our checking and savings account. But we forget sometimes until there is a Kate Steinley in the headlines uh, about the families who are directed uh, directly impacted for the rest of their lives by by the crimes of people who who are in our country illegally to begin with. Well, and, and Scott, we do have to put a personal face on this, and that is what I've done. And and I went and and found the data that tells us the scope of it. But the personal part, and and you saw here as Michelle Root came over and didn't, and and I I don't want to stop hugging her either. My heart just bleeds for her. These mothers are so powerful that have yeah. lost a son or a daughter. Her Congressman, you're a, a Republican. You're not supposed to have a heart. Haven't you gotten the memo? You're not supposed to, you know, to feel emotions for, for anybody. You're not supposed to have any empathy. Not that long ago, I introduced Dick Cheney as the only conservative that I know who's actually certified to have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. But I but I do have a heart, and it, and it is. It, it breaks for them. And and I when, uh, when Molly Tibbetts' body was found, I, I sent out it. My tweet was, that you know, Molly Tibbetts, our hearts are broken. I mean, Amer- all of America was focused on trying to find her, and and we all prayed for her. And when the sad result came forward that she's most likely alleged to have been killed by an illegal alien who had lived in the community under a pseudonym uh, for at least four years, working for a, a, a dairy operation of uh, the former president of the Iowa Farm Bureau and the former president of the Iowa Board of Regents, his operation with, and he's, by the way, been an advocate for open borders and granting amnesty to people that are here. And so I know that because of meetings that we have been in, and and one in particular that he organized on a dairy farm that was supposed to be about dairy, but when I got there, it was all about immigration and providing amnesty. So I'm pretty sure they didn't look at a very close eye with this, but the, the loss of Molly Tibbetts, and she was uh, she and her family, um, the only thing we know about their politics is that they were left to center and they were advocating in favor of people they called immigrants and didn't define the difference between illegal and legal immigrants. We always should do that. 
And because yeah, there's certainly a difference, and and because this is such a polarizing issue to talk about immigration, and and immigrants have been the backbone of our country, but it's all been legal immigration, and and we're dealing with a crisis that that's affecting our economy and affecting the the influx of of drugs into our country as well. It's not that we don't want to let anybody into the United States of America. This is the greatest country on earth because of of the the, the mix of cultures from around the world. But let's do it. Let's do it legally. Let's let's go through the process. And not, and not only that, but we should be identifying the people that can contribute the most to America and bringing them here. Uh, for years, and I guess I could even say decades, I've made this statement that we need to have an immigration policy designed to enhance the economic, the social, and the cultural well-being of the United States of America. It's impossible to alleviate poverty in the world by bringing people into America. You alleviate their poverty if you put them on welfare, but there's always going to be a lot more of them born in the country they came from, and you can't, you simply can't take on the full population of America. Uh, interesting, I don't know if you've seen it, Scott, but about sometime in about 92, I believe it was, um, Dr. Roy Beck, Roy Beck of Numbers USA did the gumball speech. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, a great visual. You're right. It is. And here's how far that speech has gone. I haven't really, I haven't filled uh, Roy in on this yet, and he's a good friend. But um, I just came back from Austria here, I guess it would be a little over a week ago, and I walked into a dinner in Vienna that was set up uh, to move an agenda that all of your listeners would be glad to hear about. But at that table were a series of billionaires, and one of them is the manager of an $18 billion fund uh, out of Vienna. And I, I walked in the room. There's a cluster of them standing there, and, and he couldn't wait to get over there and show everybody, me in particular, got out his iPhone, a big iPhone, and uh, he showed us the Roy Beck gumball video <laughs> in Vienna. And it, it, That transcends languages. You, you don't have to worry about uh, the interpretation when you, when you can put a visual like that together. Uh, no, and you know, where, when they get to the point where Beck is saying, we're going to take another gumball out, that's a million, and drop it in here, and now here's another, what, 86 million, I right. think, is the number. 86 million babies born, so there are 85 of them to replace the one we take out. And there's there's no solution to this this way. We can help people in their home countries, and we have some obligation to do that. Other countries have obligations as well. But, but this country needs to be about the rule of law. It needs to be about restoring the pillars of American exceptionalism. And that most of them are in the Bill of Rights, freedom of speech, religion, the press, the right to keep and bear arms, property rights, no double jeopardy, jury of your peers, uh, the, the rights that are not enumerated uh, devolve then to the states or the people respectively. That's most of them. Then free enterprise capitalism is another piece, Judeo-Christian values, and the rule of law. You put all of that together, you've got American exceptionalism. The left is chiseling away at every one of those pillars, and we need to be restoring every one of them. And today we're talking about the rule of law. We're talking with Congressman Steve King here on News Radio 1370 and 92.9 FM. Uh, I believe at one time you were on a, a committee with our friend Congressman Bob Latta. Uh, I think you were on the Ag Committee together. Yes. Uh, we, we learned yesterday, because we are Tuesday, uh, he travels with uh, peanut butter and a jelly sandwich and grapes in his carry-on bag. Uh, when you're traveling back and forth to Iowa, what, what, what are you keeping as, as your creature comforts? Well, I usually skip over the meal part of that thing, so I didn't know that that's how Bob traveled, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grapes. Um, but I guess for But that me, sounds like something Bob Lano would do, right? Oh, he's a healthy guy. <laughs> right. And uh, he's an outdoorsman. He's just we, Most of our conversations are about picking up the gun or the bow 
and going out to the field and and putting some protein in the freezer. Yeah, he, and, we were we were talking about him going bow hunting, but he was more concerned about hitting a deer on his bicycle. <laughs> yes, I see. He's more healthy than I am. I, <laughs> I think exercise is overrated, but he's pretty serious about it. <laughs> uh, how did the, how did you even get interested in the the topic and the agenda of immigration reform in Iowa? That that's not a state that you think of right away as having a, a huge problem with immigration, like like, a, like an Arizona or a California or a Texas? Well, I, I grew up in a law enforcement family. My father was a manager of state police radio stations. He was also the mayor of a little town in Goodell, Iowa, up in north central Iowa during my grade school years. That made him the justice of the peace, the magistrate, you might say. And so he sat in on cases like running a stop sign and those kind of things. But the town cop one day, uh, and, and I would guess I would have been in about fourth or fifth grade, um, Henry Noldy, the town cop, arrested an illegal Mexican, and they didn't know what to do with him, so they brought him before my dad's little magistrate court. And I remember him coming back home that day and telling the story, and he said, what do you do? Well, he's here illegally, he needed to go back home. So I just sentenced him to deportation, and we called up the highway patrol, whom he, he was a dispatcher of them anyway, and said, put that guy in your car, driving towards the state line and shuttling back to Mexico. Now, I don't know if he ever made it back to Mexico or not, but I got the message, which is when somebody's in violation of the law, the least you can do is put them back in the condition they were in before they broke it. And um, so that's that was a pretty good lesson. But then also... Um, I grew up at Denison, which is one of the more, today we'd say, one of the more multicultural uh, counties in the country, heavy meat packing, and uh, we had the first wave of Vietnamese in 1975. Most of them migrated towards the larger city over time. They were replaced then by folks from southern Mexico, and as that flooded in, and my, town, my hometown that I was born in was Storm Lake. Those towns are an hour apart. I live halfway in between them. Both of them are heavy packing plant towns, and both of them, uh, the population has been well overcome. Um, by by Central Americans, and at least that's now now it's Somalis coming in, but uh, when I just just watching that and being part of it and seeing what it's done from the crime standpoint for one thing, and uh, now I, I walk into the elementary school. Last time I counted, 85 percent of the kids there were challenged with English, and they were they came from non-English speaking homes. So I live in the middle of it, and even though it's the middle of America, I live in the middle of it, and and, and I will say, Scott, I understand it. I've gone to the board. Uh, from from San Diego to Brownsville, I've I've set foot on many of the miles along the way, and uh, I've flown a lot of it, yeah. driven a lot of it. I've slept down there on the border. I've collared some of them. I've unloaded illegal drugs. I've been into their courtroom. I pay attention to this because there's something about immigration distinct from every other policy, and that is you can't underdo a mistake on immigration. It multiplies itself over the generations. So we better get it right the first time. Congressman, uh, to, uh, to wrap things up before we're out of time completely, I, I'm going to ask you uh, a similar question to what I asked Senator Joni Ernst yesterday when she was in here. I know you didn't go to school in, in Iowa, but Iowa or Iowa State? It's college football season. Which, which one is your favorite? I know the rivalry game is this weekend. Well, if I could get through into my pictures fast enough, Scott, I'd be able to show you a picture of my new little granddaughter, and I think I can, and I'm going to let you announce the verdict. And... That is coming up right here. What do you think? Uh, another Iowa State fan. <laughs> uh, where, by the way, and we talked to, to the senator about this yesterday, you've got Matt Campbell coaching the Cyclones, yes. who comes from the University of Toledo. 
Boy, so we're all cheering for Iowa State. We love that, and, and we love him. He is he is terrific. He's a and great guy. He is he is a great guy, and, and I've met him socially as well as watched the way he coaches. He inspires young people. He brings good values to play. These guys want to play ball for Matt Campbell, and so I had a former political opponent with the same name, so I had to get over that. But other than that, <laughs> right. we're really really happy with him. And uh, that's so here's oh, I'll I'll say to the folks in Toledo. Here was my advice to the president of Iowa State University when. Uh, we got near the end of the season last year, and I think his contract was up. I said, here's what you need to do. Set Matt Campbell down, Coach Campbell down, and take a look at his contract. Then you ask him, how much do you want? <laughs> and, and, and then check. And what went even further. I said, how much do you want? And when he tells you, you write that down. Then you put a zero behind it, and then you cut the check. <laughs> Congressman Steve King, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Scott. Pleasure to finally this. meet you. I appreciate it. <laughs>